0: I'm RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. There's a lot of talk about San Fran's dominance over the Rams, but today the Rams have taken money. The line is up to three and a half, so support in Vegas for the Rams up to three and a half over the 49ers. KC steady as a seven-point favorite over the Bengals. That equates out to a 75% chance that KC wins and goes to the Super Bowl. Deeper in the headlines, the Giants express support for Daniel Jones this is significant it's one of the biggest questions of the offseason here comes a four hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more
1: you're listening to fox sports radio, radio. radio. this is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas your host RJ Bell
0: you heard it, I'm RJ, live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. All right, baby, couple days. we got a couple, three days of shows left when it comes to the conference championships. There's only three games left, two of them this Sunday, obviously setting the Super Bowl matchup. I tell you, AJ, I found it interesting that... You know, we were talking about the headlines before the show. You know, one of McKenzie's jobs, McKenzie Rivers, who is uh, associate producer of the show, he, um, he, you know, does a draft on the headlines. Now, he's also known as the first cousin of Kyle Shanahan and, you know, legitimately the case. So how much of a bias would you say on a scale one to 100 that McKenzie has pro 49ers? <laughs>
1: Uh, 85.
0: Okay, I'll accept that. Maybe 88. So <laughs> today, if you think about it, what does straight out of Vegas do? Right? We are straight out of Vegas, which means we got the Vegas perspective, which means we want to add, like Colin Cowherd, he's doing his take on, uh, let's say, some news and sports. He's the, you know, as good, if not the best in the world at giving a take that people are either loving or hating. And he is, you know, the epitome of excellence on talk radio. You might like talk radio. You might not. But for what talk radio is, that's excellence. Now, I think we have some pretty good takes and can have fun with that. But, you know, that's not going to be what differentiates us. That's not going to we want to be, let's say, hopefully as good as other shows. But we're not going to dominate that area. But when it comes to Vegas... We're going to try to dominate, and we think we do a hell of a job with it, and so do, obviously, the listeners, and we appreciate the support. But of all the headlines today, what could be more in our wheelhouse than, you know, the line yesterday was three and a little bit on the Rams, and now it's three and a half? That is significant money on the Rams. The market has fundamentally changed in the last 24 hours. He gives us four headlines— zero
1: zero mentions that what
0: which is think? rare
1: because usually that's the first thing he puts is a, a line move
0: exactly because well, it's naturally something that's newsy for us right yes. Colin's not going to talk about a line move with any great expertise we're not going to do what he does best but we got to stay with what we do best right and it just is interesting so I think we should take a moment and ask him Mackenzie what was the thinking on that
1: it was, you know, between three and three and a half yesterday. Now that it's fully three and a half, it did cross my mind. I'm like, is .2 move enough? And I, obviously, my bias, 88% bias self, said no. Okay, so he agreed qu- with your number over mine, by the way. You see, you saw that. Well, here's what we do, though, is we're going to punish him.
0: And what we're going <laughs> to do is we're going to open it up on Twitter to what the punishment should be. Is should it be cash? Should it be? Th- <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. Should it be what? We don't know. But at RJ in Vegas tweet and say that kind of bias. because then if you think about it and this is this is kind of serious. So, I mean, we can have fun. But if he's biased and he's filtering the headlines and let's say that I don't get a chance to say, oh, let me ask a counterpoint. Maybe this. That means the nation, 225 stations are going like, to get. I don't know if it's false information or incomplete, or they're not going to get what they're they, they're coming for. Wouldn't you agree, AJ?
1: I agree. I think the the best punishment may be to have him take a picture in Rams gear and and text it to his cousin Kyle before the game. Or
0: maybe make him work during the game. <laughs> oh, that's that's yeah. cold-blooded. And maybe he won't want to, and then you know we'll have a going-away party for him. So, <laughs> but at the by the end of the hour at RJ in Vegas, we will announce the punishment. And, you know, we'll go from there. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. No bias allowed. He's the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman.
1: Thank you, R.J. Great to be here on a day where the Giants' new GM, Joe Shine, gives a vote of confidence to Daniel Jones. Gronk hits at a second retirement. And the lines for the conference title games continue to take shape. What is the Vegas lead, R.J.?
0: Obviously, the 49ers being bet against against the Rams.
1: <laughs> the line currently sitting at a flat three and a half. Uh, so lots of money coming in overnight and through today on the L.A. Rams. Up yeah, from 3.2, 3. basically,
0: 3.3. 3. Yeah, so it's, yeah, not needing to get into 3.2 or the 3.3. 3. So he, here's the reason we use decimal points on such things, is typically lines move a half a point. Cleanly, Four and a half to five, five and a half to six. But three is such a valuable number. And anyone that's listened to this show knows that in football, that the most common margin of victory is three. And thus, if you're plus three and a half, it's so much more significant than if you're plus three or, you know, minus three, minus three and a half, et cetera. OK, so how do they handle that? They figure we don't want to move by that gigantic chunk of a half point because off of three, it is gigantic. So we're going to say, hey, we're going to move the money line. So typically you say flat, AJ, but minus 110, minus 110 is the typical, hey, you're betting a game, it's minus four and a half, you're laying 110 to win 100. But... If you said, hey, you've got to lay 120 to win 100, and oh, if you take the other side, it's 100 to win 100. So you just move that straddle, tw- that 20 cent straddle up, you've just made the favorite more expensive. So on the way to from three to three and a half, it probably won't jump three to three and a half. It's going to jump from three minus 20, which is still three, but you're laying a little extra VIG to then laying three and a half at the normal VIG. So how do we account for that when we say what the line was? Well, we give a decimal in between, which is an estimate. But when we say 3.2, it's a little above three, but it's not quite three and a half. So it was a little above three yesterday. The Rams favored. Now it's three and a half, a very significant move. You could make the case, the move from five and a half to six and a half. A whole point is about the same as 3.2 to 3.5. So this is a move of great significance I find it to be curious, because if you think about the narrative right now, the dominant narrative, and we haven't pre-planned this, AJ, this specific question, what is the dominant narrative, in your opinion, Sam Fran versus the Rams?
1: That Kyle Shanahan has won six straight games against Sean McVay.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And if you think about it, that could be something you could say, well, maybe it's quirky, maybe it's deceiving, maybe there were a couple games the Rams didn't care about, maybe there were a couple games that were maybe advantage Rams with the 49ers pulled it out. You know, a lot of things can make a short, shorter stat like that, you know, only six games not be as applicable as you might think it is uh, on the surface, but really that's not the case here. I mean, one, the most recent game in Week 18 was a chance for uh, McVeigh to win the division. The division was on the line in week 18. Also a chance to bury his rival, the rival that has caused there to be a few memes about him being driven to the airport and driven with like Angus young, you know, schoolboy pants places with, with, <laughs> with daddy Kyle. There is a, if you're, if you are McVeigh, there's nothing you wanted more on earth than to win week eighteen and to put Kyle Shanahan to bed for the year and win the division. And still at home, they couldn't do that.
1: Blew a 17 point lead and couldn't do it. And
0: and now the question is does the 17 point lead make them more confident the Rams? Or does it make them less confident? Does it make them feel like, you know what? I can't beat this guy even when we get lucky at the front with a 17 point lead. And you know, one thing that's very interesting and I heard this on the Ringer today, and I'm going to dig deeper into it. But I can say this with confidence: in that Week 18 game, Jimmy G had his hurt hand at that point. Is he decided before the game to not take the pain shot? Okay, a legal in theory pain shot. He said, "I'm going to tough it out." Now, there's, pain shots aren't all upside because in theory you don't feel your hand as well. You know, so it's a trade-off. But he decided not to played horribly in the first half of that Rams game and as we saw Rams were up big. At halftime by reports he took the shot and played much much better in the second half. So in a weird way if we assume that that's the case that 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 is that reporting is correct and we connect the great performance uh, in the second half the poor performance in the first to choosing to take the shot or not initially Well, since we're now weeks and weeks and weeks past that issue to the point where against the Packers, he didn't take the shot, though he did hurt his shoulder. So it was like, well, his shoulder was hurt. Now we're hearing, though, his shoulder isn't hurt to the point it's not even on the injury report. So what's left is his finger, which has generally improved, and now he's in a dome. So if you really add up all the raw data about Jimmy G's injury status— I think the case can be made that it's very pro-San Francisco, which, again, makes it very curious, this action. So let's think about that one more time. Jimmy G had a hurt hand. He took didn't take a shot, played bad, took a shot, played well, which means when his hand's not hurt, he plays better, which makes 80, sense.
1: 80 yards and a pick in the first half. 236 yards in the second half. Now, that that's a great split
0: right there, no doubt. Now, then you say, okay, there was the game against Dallas, okay, and then he hurt his shoulder in the second half of that game and actually played a lot worse in the second half. So now you're like, oh, maybe it's the shoulder. Well, then going into Green Bay, he, his hand was well enough not to even take a shot at all. Now, he didn't play great. But if you're in that cold and you're not taking a shot, it's probably a good sign about the hand. And then since the shoulder no longer is even on the injury report, what's left to be an injury? His hand. Well, his hand was good enough not to take the shot last week. So in general, listen, we are extrapolating. We are trying to logically piece this together, right? Because you can't believe even what they say. You can't believe the injury reports, right? We know that. We know that. It's deceptive. The NFL tries to police that. But all we got to do is go to one of this show's favorite kind of yelling points, which we don't have many, which is go back to Todd Gurley in the Super Bowl a few years ago. wasn't even on the injury report. That's how deceptive these teams are. It's a competitive advantage not to tell the truth. You know what? If the NFL doesn't force them to, I don't blame them. But there's billions of dollars at stake. It's time to tell the truth. Well, we're not there yet. But boy, oh, boy, when I reverse engineer this, and I'm going to ask you what you think, when I reverse engineer this— it feels like Jimmy G's health is probably at the best point it's been since before week 18. What do you think?
1: I tend to agree, but I also believe that what what we've seen most recently and him in the last four games having six interceptions, it's almost like Matt Stafford coming into the playoffs. It was like, well, what? when does he turn back into the Matt Stafford that we saw that was good this year? Well, well but, and,
0: I mean, you're making my point, though, aren't you?
1: Yes, if this is the if this is the week.
0: Well, but, but it's not about this is the week. It's not some random thing like how the horoscope lines up, right? It's it's either he just and maybe it is random, but it's not the horoscope, but does it feel random or does it feel like this is about his physical status? That 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 as Jimmy G, I mean, I think we know historically when Jimmy G's healthy, he's a pretty good quarterback. When he's hurt, He's not playing and, and the team suffers greatly. But when he's banged up but still plays, he is known across the league as a guy that's affected by injuries more than most. I think you agree with that, so I do agree with that. So if he plays much, if this is the time of the year up to this game, the last you know three or so games, that he's been the
1: most injured and he's played the worst, well what connections do we make? That he's been playing hurt. Yeah. And it's it's affecting his performance. So how else were you approaching it? Just You were just framing it as saying, hey, if he plays good, it's good. If he
0: plays bad, it's bad. Is that no, what you were saying?
1: I, I, I'm saying just like we thought about Matt Stafford coming into the playoffs. If what, the, if what did we this think about Matt Stafford? That Matt Stafford had turned the ball over eight times in the four games right, leading so he was up playing to the playoff bad. game. He was, he was playing it at his worst of the season, which Jimmy Garoppolo right now is playing his worst football of the season so the thought was there's a tax on the the cardinals at the time because Matt Stafford wasn't what Matt Stafford was for the for the full season and i wonder right now if there's a tax on the rams because they believe Jimmy Garoppolo's not what he was for the full season
0: so when you say tax on the rams you mean the rams are more expensive yes and that's but actually if you think about it it would be the 49ers are less expensive yes okay so if that's the case, meaning—so that kind of makes sense. So what you're saying is that if the 49ers are cheap because of how poorly, relatively, Jimmy G has played, then if we—now the next extension is if we believe that that's correlated with injuries and we also believe that, that his performance is going to improve now because he seems less injured, that means value 49ers.
1: Yes. If right? you believe it. Yeah. But but we're also looking at a game where he, I mean, the, the 49ers couldn't score an offensive touchdown. So it's hard for me to buy into the fact well, that. Well, I mean,
0: Aaron Rodgers couldn't sc- hardly score. He scored one. You're right. Right? So, I mean, I, I think as much as you want to resist that the weather plays a role, I think the weather in that game, it was cold enough that, I mean, listen, if Aaron Rodgers plays bad and another guy plays bad, you know, I'm not sure how much we take away from that. But and plus Jimmy G is not known as a cold weather quarterback. We're in a no. dome. Whatever his physical reality is on his hand or shoulder, the dome helps, right? You don't need as as hard a throws. You don't. I mean, obviously a Drew Brees plays better in a dome. Sure. So if we say a Jimmy G is like a beat up Jude Bree or a beat up Jimmy G is like a Drew Brees, but not as smart as a quarterback, I think that's fair to say. So I think the dome helps regardless. And I think maybe last week as he was getting better, the weather was so big as to be the problem, such a big factor. And now you take away the weather, give him another week of recovery. Maybe this is the Jimmy G we see in this season.
1: Yeah, and when you look at these guys, both of the quarterbacks in this game have been turnover guys this year. We've talked a lot about Stafford's, obviously, Jimmy the last few weeks. Both players have 27 turnover-worthy plays this season. The difference is – and those those are from PFF, turnover-worthy plays. The other stat from, that kind of goes hand-in-hand with it is big-time throws. And Jimmy has 11 this season. Matt Stafford has 40. So if both these guys are fully healthy and playing at their best – there's still a huge quarterbacking advantage to the, to the Rams, in my opinion.
0: Well, I, I don't agree with that because I, okay. I, think, I think that there is an advantage. Stafford's better than Jimmy G. Let's accept that. Now, the question is, to what degree? Because I would make the case that to look at, you know, to me this feels like the, the cousin, the modern cousin of touchdown-to-interception ratio. Right, so turnovers to uh, uh, to big plays, um, or how, how does PFF name those big plays? Big,
1: big time throws. Big,
0: big time throws. Is my question is what is our metric of success as a quarterback? And generally, we believe QBR, which takes EPA and adjusts for strength of schedule, generally. Is the metric that we respect, and we also look at PFF and say, hey, let's look at the grade on the performance because in theory that's abstracted from those around you. If Cooper Cup makes an amazing play, the QBR benefits Stafford. There's no sense that there was an amazing play; it's sure. just the statistic. But with PFF, they're going to give um, the receiver a great, you know, plus mark, but they're going to say, hey, the quarterback doesn't get one because it wasn't his. Great throw in that case, right? So maybe let's do this. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll continue with the biggest story of the day, which is the movement of the Rams going up to three and a half, though it doesn't necessarily make logical sense against the 49ers. And specifically, we're going to look at Stafford versus Jimmy G when it comes
1: to PFF and when it comes to QBR. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of A's. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to take a look at exactly what the differential at quarterback is between the L.A. Rams and the San Francisco 49ers, as we were discussing in the last segment. Yes, the differential. That's what we're doing here, baby. I think you're going to kind of like the answer.
0: Is uh, And we're going to talk some more quarterbacks after that, especially how good are the quarterbacks in the conference finals. I think we know with Burrow, Yeah, I think so, and I think we we know we know with Mahomes, no doubt. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you, your support. Thank you. We're going to keep working extra hard. If we have to penalize producers, we will to get the truth to you. (laughs) By the way, huge mistake from McKenzie. Bias hurting you guys, the listener. We're trying to figure the penalty. So at RJ in Vegas, you don't even know, to know if you just tune in you don't need to know the details. Just say you could have lost money over it. You could have <laughs> lost money over it. And that might make some people laugh. It makes me want to cry. It's time to penalize. How do we do it? At RJ in Vegas, let us know. We'll tell you by the end of the show what I've decided. I have an idea. It's insidious right here in Vegas on the strip. 57 degrees. The neon is pumping.
1: All right, RJ, let's take a look at QBR and PFF for Jimmy G and Matt Stafford. Garoppolo, 13th in the league in QBR and 18th in the league in PFF. And we've we've done historically, is kind of averaged those out. It puts him around the 15th, 16th best quarterback in the league. And then Matt Stafford, 4th in QBR, 8th in PFF. And that would average him, obviously, at around 6th in the league.
0: OK, so if we make a modest adjustment, Saying, hey, if Jimmy G's injuries recently are meaningful, do, does he get two or three slots? not maybe. So let's call it fourteen. and and I think that's about right. Jimmy G is an above average quarterback when he's healthy. And when he's out, which he's out more than pretty much any quarterback, it's a big problem. And when he's banged up, he's affected more than most. But if you're in an optimal situation, where you're in a dome where you're healthy, Jimmy G is better than people think. Would you agree with that?
1: I do agree with that.
0: that but still, even so, you're right. Stafford is the better quarterback. But I don't think saying from 14 to 6 is a, you know, is a gigantic difference. It is a but clear advantage.
1: I think we should also point out that there were people who, when Stafford, those last few weeks of the regular season, there were a lot of people saying there was something physically going on with Matt Stafford as well.
0: That was fantasy talk. First of all, they were saying that from literally week six. There was talk about his lower body's got a problem. Okay, fine. Let's see it on the injury report. At some point, (coughs) excuse me, it could be, but man, oh man, is there any proof?
1: No, there's no certainly no proof. But as we know, like you, you said earlier in the show, these teams have very little incentive, to be honest with us.
0: In general, I think when there's an injury, they report it. They just tend to misreport it. So let's do this, AJ. Let's set up. I need just 10 seconds. Set up the um, next segment. You can do the read, and we're ready to go.
1: So what we did was I made a list and said, these are the quarterbacks. After watching the Mahomes versus Allen show, I said, this is the kind of quarterback you need to win a Super Bowl. And I think you can put them into pretty much two clear buckets guys who can win a super bowl and guys who cannot and i think one of the four guys that's still in the playoffs falls in the bucket of i don't think they can win a super bowl. okay so i love
0: this i love this topic so let's take a gander at the the, the list that you have of these are for shores and I, I actually question a couple of these um rogers brady mahomes herbert josh allen russell wilson Stafford. Borough. Okay. Let, first let's start with Stafford. What the hell? What he, he had zero like like fourteen days ago he had zero playoff wins in his career. Yeah. It, that's a guy we say for sure can win a Super Bowl.
1: I think that's a guy who's consistently been one of the five or ten best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I believe I believe in the right situation, which, l- listen, if he can't win one here, he's, he can't win one, and I'm just wrong. But I, I think in the right situation, he's the type of guy who's got the, the talent to win a Super Bowl. Do you believe in that some guys are winners and some guys are losers? Yes, I do believe that. And would
0: you say Stafford so far, with Burrow being the counterpoint, because what did we hear from the, uh, the Stafford lovers for, what, a decade? If only the Lions weren't holding him down. If only he wasn't constrained by the Lions. He, who knows? He'd win Heismans and Super Bowls and MVP. And then Burrow comes in a program that at least is bad. A franchise at least as bad as the Lions, if not worse. And let's call it about the same. Because thinking about it, there was a good Marvin Lewis run. So, okay. Is Burrow has him in the championship game. Like literally, he's won more playoff games in his second year or as many as Stafford has. Yeah. (laughs) And it took Stafford jumping to a great program. When he when he had his ten or whatever years with the Lions, he had zero. And then Burrow in year two has two and counting. So how don't we how do we excuse that it's the Lions excuse and say that's okay? And if we don't say that's okay. Isn't it a proof or at least evidence that Stafford's not a winner? And what does that mean? It means when the pressure's on, he doesn't necessarily respond or he doesn't pick his team up in certain spots. If we don't think there's winners, then why is Tom Brady considered the GOAT? Because other than Super Bowls, Tom Brady's not close to the GOAT. He's not. Peyton Manning's regular season career was so much more impressive. Just statistically true. And if you look at one of the things we looked at that people were shocked by is if you look at the all pro team, which is regular season and there's one quarterback that's on the starter. There's one. And I'm going by memory. Manning had seven
1: and Brady had two. Oof. I mean, that's a massive number. And yeah, there's still not really a question over who the greatest is because of winning. Right. Well, where's Stafford rank on that list. Very, very low. Uh, But I think that I think we're seeing this season. I mean, the fact that he's in this better situation now, he's looked really good in his two playoff appearances. Has he? I mean, Uh,
0: I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying he looked bad. I'm just saying that's something to look at, you know, because I don't have I want to dig into these two games in the game script. And and obviously they've won. Right, And you can't blame him necessarily for the Tampa Bay comeback. So let's say maybe you're right. I'm going to dig in, and maybe I'll have a counterpoint tomorrow. If I don't think I like the debate, I won't even bring it up. So, just
1: kind of expect that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Now, go ahead. McKenzie brought up a good point. Uh, (laughs) McKenzie Rivers uh, brought brought up that yesterday we were talking about the best ATS uh, team since 2005 when we were talking about Sean Payton and how Mm -hmm. great he's been. The worst ATS team since 2005 the Raiders, 32, the Lions, 31. And you can almost say that. You could say that Carr is a good comp to Stafford. Like, if like, what do you think Derek Carr could be if he well, wasn't? Well, first off, Derek Carr
0: hasn't been. I mean, we're going from 2005. Derek Carr was there since what? Six, seventeen, or, or sixteen? I mean. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I, I mean, listen, obviously the Raiders are a public team, too, and they're going to get back. Uh, there's probably a little premium on them. But, but Carr to Stafford, I think that's actually probably given Stafford. It's funny. My first instinct there is Carr is not near as good. But this, I think there's been a reevaluation of Carr, and I think it's warranted. So, if anything, I would take Stafford over Carr, I think, right now. Though, again, the leadership qualities of Carr seem to be pretty significant.
1: They I do. agree with that, but I also think it's right now it's really easy to say I'll take Stafford over Carr based on what's around them. If, like if, if, if Matt Stafford got traded to the Raiders and Derek Carr came to the Rams, I think you'd like Derek Carr more than Matt Stafford, right?
0: I don't know. That's, I, I, listen, if that's the case, then we are analyzing the NFL wrong, meaning if we can't abstract a player from his team, then how do we know how good anyone is? right because they're with a team and you might say well one day they're with one team and next year they're with another and they do differently but how much of that is luck how much of that is there a different person a year later and, maybe worse maybe better it's so hard to know for sure with this stuff
1: and, and it's so rare that we see it happen that, it, that a, a player like Matt Stafford changes teams and that's why i think maybe there's some you know there's maybe some confidence that he is better with a better team around him
0: so Next, we're going to look at Jimmy G. Where does he fit on AJ's
1: list? Can you win a Super Bowl or not? Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio. I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas. RJ Bell.
0: On that Daniel Jones story, AJ, it, what surprises me is that it's the management or the ownership group, you know, you know, Mara M- is talking about it. So you just hired a new GM from the Bills. Is is this a sign the GM isn't necessarily wanting to stake his flag with Daniel Jones? And if so, then the fact the owner's coming out and saying that, that seems like internal strife then right off the go. You're either really behind Daniel Jones or you're not. And it feels like the ownership group shouldn't be saying it. It should be the GM, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I do. And the Giants, with, a, with two picks in the top ten, Obviously, one of the teams that has a real decision to make at quarterback going into going into the future, uh, not necessarily for well, next going year, into because this draft. Yeah, but going into the draft, they've got to make a decision: are they going to commit to Daniel Jones, or do they need to draft another guy to or commit to go one year in theory? Right.
0: Right. And maybe the move. I think Daniel Jones was trending upwards, right at the point where he got his concussion, and I actually think he deserves a year. Um, I will say this, boy, talk about throwing the prior regimes, you know, plural, under the bus. Is just a minute, it wasn't what, three weeks ago or so, they were given their support to Joe Judge, that he's going to be back. And then a couple, you know, maybe four weeks ago, then a couple bad losses, he's gone, and now he's getting bad-mouthed, like they're sabotaging the quarterback?
1: <laughs> I mean, man, oh, man. Did everything they could to screw him up. But he took some ownership in it, in that new coaches, new offensive court, like they've they've just not given him any sort of consistency.
0: Well, who's taking ownership? The owners? No, they're blaming no. The, the people that just left, that they just <laughs> fired, who they gave support to a month ago. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back... We we we'll look at Jimmy G, where he fits on the A.J. Hoffman. This could be like the Mike Sando list at The Athletic. The A.J. Hoffman, these guys can win it, and these guys can't quarterback list.
1: When he's R.J. Bell, I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan and We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex You get your podcasts. I'm RJ Bowler. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. We were taking a look at the yeses and no's. Can this quarterback win a Super Bowl? And well, we got these are to the AJ Hoffman yeses and noes. The age, the AJ Hoffman uh, list of yes or no. W- was, and that we like got to take, was that a take?
0: Was that a takeoff from the Mike Sando list?
1: That was a take on the Mike Sando list. Thank <laughs> you. And we got to Jimmy Garoppolo and. The only quarterback that I've got in the playoffs remaining of the four in the no bucket is Jimmy Garoppolo. So he's got a big chance to put egg right on my face in the next three weeks. So this is the guy.
0: Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is better, worse, or the same as he was two years ago?
1: (sighs) Hard to say he's worse. I think I'll go the same.
0: Okay. So how did he do two years ago when it came to the Super Bowl possibilities? He got to the Super Bowl. It, and it was what, one play away? Yeah. They, they were significant favorites like you know, in the second half of that game. So but, I guess my question is, how can the guy get them there, be one play away, and not be on the list that he can win a Super Bowl?
1: I think it's a good question. I just think that at some point to win a Super Bowl in today's game, oh, it so you're spe- saying
0: today's game as opposed to 24 months ago.
1: Well, I mean, he didn't win in, in 24 months ago. Well, again, I'm saying,
0: are we really saying a guy who is one play away from the Super Bowl that that's the distinction? That if Jimmy G were better, he would have made that one play, and that's why he's on this list in the no instead of the yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that is splitting hairs. Listen, Jimmy G. When if it came, if it comes down to Jimmy G. Putting a team on his back and carrying them to a win, I just don't see it. I, I mean, well, th- they've well, won the last two weeks in spite framing, of him.
0: I, this, I don't know. This feels like like a Albuquerque type talk. No one's saying that he needs to put anyone on his back. The question is, if that's the question, can this guy, this quarterback, lead? A team and take you know whatever euphemism we want to use, put him on his back and and, and, and elevate them. Then that's a different list. And and, and there's no way Her, there's no way Herbert is on that list, which you've got him on your A list. There's no way that um, Stafford's on that list, that he's gonna put him on his back like you know, like a Peyton Manning might, you know, even though he only did in theory one time. You know, the second time is certainly with Denver
1: it wasn't on his back. He was along for the ride, sure.
0: Yeah. So can Jimmy G put him on his back? No. Can he be along for the ride? Is he as good as Nick Foles was?
1: Uh, Nick Foles to be to be totally honest, Nick Foles would have been in my no bucket. So uh, Okay. It, 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 it's not so, foolproof, certainly.
0: All right. So, uh, and Nick Foles, to me, I don't think that actually is an indictment of your list because I think the Nick Foles breaks every model about what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Because, But he played, shockingly, like a Hall of Famer throughout that playoff. So, in a weird way— Joe Flacco
1: did as well in his. Like, uh, no, Joe Flacco's not a guy you would have put in the yes category up until he actually had that run in the playoffs and did it. Uh, maybe. I mean, as a Steeler fan, I would say Flacco. I, I'm not sure Stafford was ever better than
0: Flacco. I mean, to be candid. I mean, I know Flacco. We're remembering him old, but I mean, if you think back up, you know, through that Super Bowl and and you know, for five more years, he was a deadly quarterback. I mean, listen, he wasn't the best in the league. I mean, was he eighth or ninth? I don't. Th- I mean, do you think Stafford over the let's over the last five years is better than Flacco during his best five? Yes. Wow. Okay. Maybe most people think that. I don't know what the consensus is. I, I don't but, ne-
1: but Flacco had one of the greatest playoff runs of all time, 11 touchdowns, no picks, which is, uh, I mean, no, no one else has beaten that. So yeah, he, but my he, case would be the time- he,
0: that his quality of play stepped up there, no doubt. But I'm saying even at his normal, I think at his normal quality of play during his five you know five prime years, let's say, for Flacco, he played as well as Peyton Manning did his last year. You know that. So now, is that how much of that is that Denver's defense was so good? How much of that was that Manning, even though his arm wasn't what it was, he was so savvy that he'd make a couple calls a game that didn't show up on the stat sheet that made the difference. You know, that's a valid point too. I think maybe.
1: I think the other thing is when I watched that Chiefs Bills game, it tells me that the league has shifted to where. Having a good defense and a, a good enough quarterback, it just seems unlikely that that is going to win anymore. It let seems like you, you have to have one of these superhero quarterbacks.
0: I know you're the prisoner of the moment, unlike anyone I think I've ever met. But let me, <laughs> let me ask you, how, what was more of a shootout, this most recent game with Buffalo and KC or KC against the Rams with Jared Goff, someone else on Monday Night Football, someone else you didn't have on your list? Jared
1: Goff is on the no. Jared Goff is in my no, And yes, I mean, it was no more of a shootout. Uh, It was less of a shootout. Yeah. Okay. so why did that change the league? It did not. Okay. I mean, I Goff still hasn't won a Super Bowl. Like you, I'm I'm saying you have to have one of these different
0: points here. The point I'm making is that the league hasn't changed just because there was a big game with a lot of points because there was a big game with a lot of points three years ago. You're right. And and that felt very similar, to be honest. And it was with Mahomes. Okay, so here's the McKenzie decision. Do the read. I'll give the McKenzie verdict. If you're just tuning in, McKenzie's bias for the 49ers and against anyone playing the 49ers could have hurt the show in fact it may have I don't know I can't even tell it might have cost you money so we've got to cost him money so what we're going to do is we want to take the joy out of the 49ers for him so if the 49ers win by every point they win by we're going to penalize him a certain dollar amount and that has to be given to charity now I'm personally going to match the amount but he's going
1: to be torn should I root for him to win or not we'll talk about the dollar (laughs) amount tomorrow I love this. If you missed any of today's show, including, I think, a, a great breakdown of why money is coming in on the Rams and maybe the argument against why money shouldn't be coming in on the Rams, you can check it out on the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're going to be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. We're going to do a deep dive like that on the Bengals versus Chiefs game, which we barely touched on today, but we're going to get into it for sure tomorrow. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. We are are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas!